Welcome to Culture Factor. I'm your producer and host, Holly Shannon. Our new season looks at creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Why? Because the creator and gig economy is emerging. Talent has gone to work for themselves. The new year starts with the 101, or the beginner guide, for NFTs, blockchain, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and all those metaverse and Web3 topics we keep hearing about. We are all going back to school on Culture Factor to understand this decentralized economy. From creator coins to the tax implications of selling crypto, let's unpack these emerging technologies in really simple terms. Join me and feel free to send in your questions. Would your brand like to sponsor Culture Factor? It is your opportunity to be a part of a podcast that is ranked in the top 2% globally and heard in over 89 countries. Email holly at hollyshannon.com. Subscribe to Culture Factor and share with a friend now. Okay, let's start with our class. Let's get our next guest on. So hello, Culture Factor family. Today I have Redima Ahuja Khan with me. She is the VP of Business Development at Dapper Labs. Her focus is helping build meaningful partnerships with the world's top IPs, creators, and social media platforms as they look to build blockchain-based experiences. Prior to Dapper Labs, she was a partner at Andreessen Horowitz, also known as A16Z, where she focused on sports, social media, and entertainment. Collectibles, both in digital and physical, hospitality, travel, and food. She has also spent time on the investment teams at the Hewlett Foundation and Grovener Capital Management. She and I met at South by Southwest where we were speaking, and she agreed to come on my show, so I'm so excited to introduce her. Hi, Redima. Welcome. Hi, Holly. Great to see you. So I would love to dig in and, and touch a little bit on your past before coming to Dapper Labs. So can you tell me about how you shifted into the role at Dapper Labs and was, and then we'll d dive into your inspiration uh, behind Topshop. So I'm gonna break this question into two. Absolutely, yeah. So I've had the pleasure of working with the Dapper Labs team uh, since 2018. So it was interesting, my second or third week at Andreessen Horowitz, I, you know, we take our portfolio companies on these essentially like tours to meet uh, other companies they might be interested in partnering with that could be along the, the their lines of the, the goals that they have for their go-to-market strategy. And so we had taken Dapper to, and a few other companies to Good Music, which is Kanye's studio. And um, I got to hear firsthand for the first time why Dapper decided to put cats on the blockchain. And what they described was essentially that they realized the value of the technology of blockchain technology, but in order for it to really reach its full potential, it was important to get billions of people engaging with it. And, and the best way to do that was really through fandom and things that people are really passionate about in general, and then enabling them to experience the technology in a really seamless way um, that allowed them to express that. So one thing that, you know, you, you can take an image of a cat and you can put it to anyone around the world and they'll know exactly what it is. Um, we can all understand breeding. And so CryptoKitties was, was where as our initial foray into, um, into the blockchain space. And from there, 
Um, of course, fandom is very prevalent in sports, and that's also something that's really quite global. And so after that, um, you know, Dapper started working um, or, or having conversations with the NBA. And at the time, I was working closely with the league as well, um, both, you know, as part of my role at Andreessen covering sports, but also as an advisor for the 76ers. And I kind of got to help the NBA get comfortable with blockchain technology and at the same time help Dapper sort of uh, back channel and understand what was required in order to um, to make Top Shot happen. So worked very closely with them then and then jumped over um, to lead the long form agreement for the NFL contract that we were working on uh, back in May. And I just really wanted to jump in and spend all of my time in Web3 and go operate. So that's how I ended up. Uh, joining Dapper Labs. And now I focus, as you mentioned, on our partnerships across um, a number of IP holders, as well as creators and social platforms. So when, so Top Shot was, was were you part of the creation of that or, or Dapper already had that as part of their portfolio? So I worked with Dapper before, um, before MBA Top Shot. We, I, I was in, at Andreessen at that time, but was helping sort of them back channel and um, get the MBA comfortable with with the technology. I see. I see. And so then would you, I, I know part of the kitties, the crypto kitties is that like everybody can relate to like what a cat was. Do you think like the, the success was the whole gaming technology that was in it? I think it was really just one of the early NFT projects that showed, um, how you could the, the benefits of blockchain in terms of true ownership and being able to monetize that IP in different ways. So for example, we saw companies or, or individuals start building companies based off of their crypto kitties. There was something called the Kittyverse. Um, and so just creating this holistic overall experience and then enabling people to have ownership and then share that socially with their um, with their friends, I think was really important. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so if if we're sort of talking about fandom a little bit, what does fandom look like in the metaverse? Yeah, so I think that it, it looks like essentially a place. Well, so I'll, I guess I'll take a step back and start by describing a few things that we think of when we think of what the metaverse is, because there's a lot of definitions out there. Um, and the way that we think about it actually is, has, has been impacted um, or influenced by Matt Ball, who's one of our advisors. Um, but sort of the, the core key six, uh, or I guess seven attributes that he highlights are that the metaverse will be persistent. It'll exist sort of at all times, it won't pause or end. It'll be synchronous and live. And so there will be um, you know, events just like they happen in the real world, but it'll be a living experience in real time. There'll be an, it'll be an uncapped number of users, full functioning economy, um, and then an experience that spans both digital and physical worlds. And then interoperability is also going to be a key um, key component of the metaverse. So we think about um, fandom in the metaverse as being a mix of things that we can see today and then experiences that we can't actually have in a physical world. Um, so we think that the communities will form, that there will be um, ways to express and share your fandom socially with friends in both a digital and a physical format. So today, for example, if you own an NBA Top Shot, um, you can, you know, have a showcase. There's a number of showcase challenges that we have. You can showcase that. You can share it with your friends. Um, and you can also even buy like an infinite object, a physical collectible um, that displays it. So for one of our products for the UFC, we actually took a moment 
um, and put it on a chain and that as a necklace and the, the um, athlete was able to wear that necklace and show it off um, as well. So I think that'll be another component as well as events. So whether that event is live streaming, someone opening a pack and being able to be part of that experience or gathering a community in a physical or digital format to convene and sort of discuss the things that they're most passionate about. I love that. I, you know, I personally think that experiences are really the magic of an NFT and its utility. Um, so talking about Top Shots or CryptoKitties experiences, what, what do you think they might look like in the metaverse? Yeah, so I think that um, there will certainly in the future be ways to engage with your NFTs in different in different ways, whether it's in a virtual or augmented reality experience. Um, and, and then I think participating in different events will also have that same, those same attributes. So I think we're really early days here, but these are all things that were that have been top of mind for us that we've been thinking about. Cool, I like that. Um, I'd like to get a little bit into your blockchain technology. So Flow blockchain technology is unique to Dapper and I'm, I believe it's there to reduce the friction of sort of that web two native experience uh, users have and bridge it into web three adventures. Do you think this shift in creating your own blockchain has been part of the secret sauce for Dapper Labs? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when we were building MBA Top Shot, we realized because um, we had built CryptoKitties on Ethereum and we started building MBA Top Shot, we realized that it just wasn't, Ethereum wasn't going to have all the solutions to what we were trying to do, which is to create really seamless um, consumer experiences. Um, and so we decided to build our own blockchain. It's called Flow. And the Flow blockchain now has over 7,000 developers on it, over 5 million accounts. Um, we span across gaming and um, social and fashion and a number of other um, verticals, pretty much any vertical you can think of. But our goal is to get billions of people on the blockchain. And so we really wanted to create a chain that was more environmentally friendly. So according to a study that Deloitte recently did on a number of L1s and L2s, um, it shows that that flow actually is the most sustainable. Um, we looked at the number, the gigawatt hour consumption that we had and um, it's, it's much lower than any other, um, any other chain. So that's something that we take a lot of pride in. Um, we think that's really important for brands and creators and for the sustainability of the overall industry. Um, we wanted to create a chain that had really easy sort of um, programming language that people could understand. So that's called Cadence. And um, we've heard from a number of developers that they just really uh, like building on Flow. And for anybody that's building a consumer app, um, we've really optimized the chain for, for that reason. Well, it's interesting that you've optimized it for other developers coming in that it wasn't just your team. I didn't realize that. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So flow is really for everyone. Um, and then we also have the Dapper wallet, which is sort of the way that we're able to enable these really seamless experiences where you don't need to know anything about blockchain or crypto in order to participate in the economy. You just have to have a credit card. Um, we also, you know, accessibility is really important to us. So a lot of our products are priced at much, um, more attractive, um, numbers than, than we could command because we want users to really have the benefit of that upside. And so everything that we do from building the, the flow blockchain to the way that we manage our existing products is centered around that. So is the wallet 
the wallet could be used with fiat, which is like US dollars and mm -hmm. with cryptocurrency? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's really amazing because yeah. I think that um, invites a whole, a, a lot of people who are trying to bridge the idea between Web 2 and Web 3, but aren't as comfortable with the concept of cryptocurrency. So that is amazing. Actually, I didn't know that. That's, that's really cool that you do that. I yeah, can think exactly. of a lot of a people that would really benefit from that because it, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's such a new adoption, the whole thing. I mean, the whole idea of blockchain technology is a whole different adoption and mindset. And then you add the currency part to it. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. We want to make sure that the barrier to entry is really low. Um, again, our, our mission is to get billions of people um, using the technology. Yeah, I like that. Um, you talked a little bit about digital fashion um, on, on that blockchain. Um, and, and I do believe we will, we will see a lot of growth on there because uh, there's the whole concept of creating wearables uh, that people can shop and use in the metaverse. And um, without a doubt, we know luxury brands are already doing that and they have the support, they have the marketing, um, and then you, they also have their consumer base that likes to wear their stuff and, and use it in, in real life. So it's like a, a bit of that virtue signaling going on. But Dapper works with creators and I'm assuming that it doesn't matter what size they are. So how are you positioning smaller brands uh, with NFTs for the use case of creating digital fashion to be used in the metaverse? Yeah, so um, there are a number of really exciting companies uh, focused on digital fashion that are building on the Flow blockchain. Um, and so one example of that is um, Genies. Genies is enabling people to design and create avatar ecosystems. And so, um, you know, we believe that avatar ecosystems are going to impact Web3 in the same way that mobile apps impacted Web2. And an avatar ecosystem essentially consists of avatars, fashion and accessories, spaces and venues, um, so and social experiences. And so Genies will provide users and creators and brands with the tools that allow them to manifest their ideas, um, experiences and businesses into these avatar ecosystems. So I think digital fashion is going to be a big part of that and sort of will address um, creators of, of all sizes. There's also a company called The Fabricant, which is um, a digital fashion house that's really um, moving the industry towards digital only clothing. And so it's a platform that enables um, brands and, and individuals to create, trade and wear digital fashion, uh, which is pretty exciting because I think the combination of creativity along with, um, along with digital assets will be, will be very compelling, especially when um, you're enabling you know, creators to, to manifest what they hope to see um, in the world in a digital format. And so this will be like really high quality um, interactive fashion shows and experiences where brand fans can attend and participate, sort of like ready to wear in the metaverse and then utility built into the garments. So there will be AR and VR and multi-platform um, integrations that, that Fabricant's working on. And then there's also an awesome company that's starting to, to get into the fashion space um, called Someplace, which is um, a female founded metaverse company that is built on Flow. And um, they essentially have gated uh, community spaces, events and activations and environments that exist in a digital format. And we think they're, they're 
fairly differentiated um, from other metaverse companies because they're um, operating in a much broader, you know, it's not necessarily focused on, on a specific um, sector. It's pretty broad. So we're, we're excited about them as well. So there's a number of exciting things happening on Flow as it pertains to um, wearables, digital fashion. I, I find it really fascinating, fascinating because I come from, I was a jewelry designer for about 10 years and I, I collaborated with other designers to mix things together. Um, so for example, I, I had worked with um, Rachel Roy and she had created a dress and I had created the necklace that attached to it and held it up like it was a halter dress. And to me, it would be really interesting to be able to take the jewelry and the things that I used to do and put it in that type of environment into a metaverse because I think as we dress our avatars, we're going to want them to have like other unique elements, right? And and jewelry is um, so universal, you know, men and women and, you know, everybody, they, he, she, they, you know, whoever, they, they love it, right? Everybody loves wearing jewelry. So um, I find it really fascinating. Like, I can't wait to see what people do. Like, I'm, I'm watching what other people are doing with it because I have ideas too. Like, but I want to see what other people do too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be awesome to see like all the creator tools that come out to support, um, support things like that. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, you know, when I think of, I had this conversation with, um, with uh, Vlad Ginsburg about this because what I find really interesting, I, I think I want to see like, if you think of 3D technology, which is how I created something once before, um, it uses a lot of the software that we're using to create NFTs um, in terms of like Adobe Illustrator and you know, all those different ones. So I'm wondering like how far away a 3D printed item is from actually being an NFT. I feel like it's actually really super close in terms of its iteration on the, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I think that the physical and digital um, world's funding, I think there's a lot of opportunity to kind of share utility in that way. Um, but then the digital, the way we think about it as a digital asset is still sort of the true, the true value. Um, and it's also part of, you know, it's on the blockchain um, and so forth. So we're, we're, we remain keen on, on digital, but are excited about some of the physical um, applications too. Yeah, definitely. I'm often asked, does my business need a podcast? My answer is yes, that nothing else is the fast track into thought leadership and being established and seen as the expert in your industry as podcasting. What's increasingly evident is that it's a branding machine. It kicks doors open for you to have conversations with leaders. It creates a pathway to partnerships and connections on a deeper level. You will not be your industry's best kept secret. Your ideas and business will have global reach. So step into your power. Go to hollyshannon.com to launch your podcast now. And now back to our interview. Because I like this to be an education type platform, um, I did want to talk about DAOs and I was hoping that you might be able to define it and maybe tell me um, how Dapper is getting involved in that space. Yeah, so um, DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations. And the way that we think about them and the way that we're actually getting involved as well 
is really for brands and creators to create communities um, and, and have those communities live in a sort of decentralized format. So we actually acquired a company called Brud. They created Lil Michaela, who's um, one of the first digital influencers. And so she doesn't exist, but she has over 10 million followers um, and, and has a real community around her. And the team that created her is called Brud and the CEO of Brud also um, leads one of the largest DAOs today called Friends with Benefits. Um, his name's Trevor McFedry. So we acquired Trevor's company in order to enable um, brands and individuals to create DAOs on flow um, in a really seamless way, uh, because we think that, you know, we're always thinking sort of 10 years ahead and we think that in the future um, and, and today DAOs are going to be a really core piece of um, the Web3 experience. Well, I think whenever we're talking about community, I f sort of feel like it's the foundation of everything, right? Um, so, you know, those are, they're like communities within themselves in a way. Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And people take different roles within that community. And now in order to be part of a community, you, you can be in different parts of the world and still have a really active, um, you know, an active role in that community, which is really exciting. I like that. Um, so l let's talk a little bit like the community within Dapper Labs. I mean, I'm not gonna say within the walls of, cause we're all fully remote pretty much, but, <laughs> um, what would like a brainstorming session look like in Dapper Labs? Because like the sky's the limit on ideas. And I know that obviously you have a lot of really interesting partnerships that are, are feeding into that, but what what is it like uh what would what would that be like if we were sitting in an you know a virtual room with with yeah. dapper labs yes there's a lot of passion because um you know we when we think about hiring we hire people that are most passionate about that given sport about web3 and so forth so i think there's a lot of collaboration and a lot of passion that happens in all of our in all of our discussions um I would say we try to stay fairly focused. So we select, you know, only a number of projects that we will build in-house in Dapper Studios um, because we want to do each project really, really well. But at the same time, we have this amazing blockchain with, you know, like I mentioned, over 7,000 developers. Um, and so we'll also share projects um, with, with, those, with those folks that are part of the ecosystem um, that are kind of trusted members of the Dapper community. So for example, the International Cricket Council did a partnership um, with one of our companies um, called FanCraze. And we were very excited to support them because they built on Flow. We thought they were really well equipped to um, manage that. And so there's a number, so there's brainstorming in the sense of like, okay, what are our priorities and how are we gonna execute on them? Then there's product brainstorms that really center around what's gonna get fans to come check in every day. What's gonna get them to have a level of community that they might not be able to achieve in a physical context. Um, where are our fans going and where are they spending time and how can we kind of show up accordingly? Mm -hmm. So those are the types of things that we oftentimes have brainstorms about. Um, we always try to sort of set the objectives and, and, and an agenda and um, kind of all the background information you need ahead of the, the meeting so you can maximize our time because now we're at about 500 people. And so um, the meetings wow. can get large, but also keeping, um, you know, some of the meetings really, really tight and ensuring that everyone that's in the meeting has an active role in it um, or otherwise just keeping it, you know, a, a smaller group would be found to be really effective. 
um, giving everybody a voice. So you kind of like walk me into what my show was born on was the conversation around company culture. So giving everybody a voice and maybe tightening up these meetings so that you, um, you make progress, right? Cause obviously when you have an infinite amount of people, sometimes it's hard to dial in on, on what the strategy is. So uh, what is company culture like at Dapper? I mean, it's such a different kind of environment than a standard corporation. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. So we have a number of values that we sort of, um, abide by and that we think about and, and try to epitomize in, in what we do. So, um, a few of them are, uh, essentially having a very founder, uh, mentality. We use a term called, um, Kaizen, which is change for better or continuous improvement. And so we're always thinking about how we can improve, how we can do things better. Um, that's a really core piece of, of, you know, the dapper, um, mentality. We, you know, everyone should act as, as owners of the business. Um, we, you know, really take a lot of pride in, in operating um, in, in a way that is in the best interest of fans at, um, at every point. And so I'd say culturally, um, you know, we're, we're the, we like to test things out. We like to experiment. We um, give direct feedback. Um, and, and really we try to operate in the best way possible for, for the broader team. And then with fans and users always, always in mind. I like that. It kind of is like, um, sort of an entrepreneurship mentality. It feels like you explained. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's a founder. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Um, I'm just curious based on your experience from even before you came into Dapper Labs and now that you've been exposed to a lot of really creative uh, IP and creators, um, do you have like a, a, a dream thing that you'd like to build or a partnership that's like, would be like a dream company for you? Um, yeah, we have a couple that we're working on right now that I'm really excited about. Um, so I think, I think we love working with sports leagues, of course. There's a number of other types of companies that we're going to be working um, with in the near term, which we're excited about. And I think just getting, I think the dream is to have all a lot, you know, developers building on flow more broadly. So we want to enable and provide the right tools for developers as well as creators to really thrive um, within the Dapper ecosystem and also, you know, just get, I guess there, it's important to me to get different communities on flow. Um, and so whether that, you know, from a diversity standpoint, I think it's really important in the same way that we have, you know, physical um, economies um, that work, we need the same thing in a digital world. And I think that having a diversity of um, audiences is, is really important to us. And so that, that's what I'd say. There, there isn't like necessarily one specific project that's the dream project, but I think that would be the outcome of, of dream projects is, is to get um, people from all around the world engaged um, in Web3. Yeah, so it's sort of like your audience will match what the company shape looks like in a way. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Is there anything I'm not asking you? No, I think these have been great questions. Um, I would just, I would just encourage um, people who are interested in the Web three space but haven't really dipped their toe in yet to do so. I think there's a lot of exciting um, 
opportunities for anybody, regardless of sort of where you're from or what your background is, or even um, the sector that you operate in today. I think Web3 is something that's going to touch every sector. And it's really important to, you know, as we're at the beginning of this, uh, we're saying we're in such nascent stages, I should say, of this amazing technology. And so we all have our equal footing in terms of education. And I think self-educating and um, dipping your toe into Web3 is, is really important for, for anybody. So I would just encourage people to do that. I love that. And I, and I know for people that I talk to um, that are very new to this, you know, I'll, I'll be talking to a lot of different people. And the first thing they'll say to me is, I don't even understand any of this. And so I'll be like, okay, so start with episode <laughs> 85 yeah. on Culture Factor, because that's where we start to talk about, you know, Web3 and, and, and the definition of things. Um, but I went on your website and I found it to be very user-friendly. And so I personally would encourage people to go take a look at the Dapper Labs website because it is designed with the, like the non-user uh, in mind, somebody who has, who isn't on board yet. Um, at least that was the feeling that I got. Was that a, intentional? Yeah. Yeah. So we think of Flow as being the, the best blockchain for normies. So anybody that um, you know, doesn't know anything about Web3 can essentially come to us and we would love to serve as a source of education. Um, and as I mentioned, you don't need to have any um, crypto to participate in our products or our communities or, or join our Discord. So uh, we welcome everybody. I love that. I, I'm going to end on that note because I think it's uh, a really cool product and, and I love what you shared. So Redeem, I want to thank you for coming on Culture Factor. This was amazing. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.